Few people in Arizona, if anyone, ever imagined that Jaden Daniels might eventually be the second selection of the NFL draft. I'm raising my hand here. I really am. You have to trust me on that. Out to the KDUS hotline we go. We're now joined in sports owned by Jefferson Powell of Tiger Details. And uh, we're going to talk about uh, Jaden, and we'll get into some LSU football towards the end of the segment here. But uh, Jefferson, let's start with Jaden Daniels. He's shined as a freshman here at ASU. Uh, I think he regressed his last two years at ASU, but I think he was a victim of some really, quite frankly, bad coaching at ASU at the last couple of years he was here. His two seasons at LSU, uh, he's turned into, uh, it seems like, the second pick of the NFL draft. What areas at LSU did he improve the most, in your opinion? Uh, hey, Bob. First of all, thanks for having me on. Uh, as far as Jaden Daniels goes, in my opinion, I think the the biggest area he improved is his cognitive decision making ability, um, and that goes hand in hand with the program. The LSU has this Cognolize AI training program. We really saw a big leap from the first year he was in, under that offense into that second year. His decision making just improved drastically, and you, we really started to see it. Uh, kind of heading into that Mississippi State game when LSU traveled to Starkville uh, and just throttled Mississippi State. Um, So I would say it was his decision-making, but, I mean, he was phenomenal all year long. Deep balls, short balls, he thrived under pressure, displayed pinpoint accuracy. I mean, he just had quite, quite a year last year. Did you think before last season, did you think he'd be a first-round pick in the 2024 NFL draft? No, I did not. Was there a time during the season where you started to think, this guy's got a chance to be a first-round pick? I would say probably as we were approaching the midway point of the season and he was just continued to do everything right. It's not that I thought he was a bad quarterback or anything like that. It's just I don't think anyone was expecting that kind of leap. I mean, you could go back to kind of like what Joe Burrow did in 2019. I mean, it was that kind of leap. You know, Burrow the year before was not the same Burrow he was in 2019. And you could say the same thing about Jaden Daniels. You know, he he made a drastic leap, and I don't think anyone saw that coming. But, I mean – just like Burrow, he was surrounded by playmakers. He played with two probably first-round wide receivers, uh, talented offensive line. So the tools were in place, and he just had to put it together, and he really did that. I will get to those wide receivers here eventually, I promise. No question about that. I also, mentioned, funny you mentioned Burrow uh, because you know they played a bowl game here. Uh, the year before, they were like the greatest offense in the history of the planet. <laughs> so yeah. I, I never imagined that kind of improvement in one year for him. Uh, Brian Kelly, uh, how much did he and his coaching staff have to do with uh, you know Daniel's improvement as a quarterback? You mentioned some of the other things, uh, you know the, the the mental aspect of things, but how much is it all kind of combined to where we see with Daniel's now? Well, I mean, I definitely think they played a big part. You know, LSU's quarterback coach last season, which is now their new offensive coordinator, co-offensive coordinator, Joe Sloan, uh, he probably played, in my opinion, the biggest impact uh, in Daniels' growth. Uh, And Daniels has been on record, you know, crediting Joe 
Sloan many times. Uh, so he, he definitely played a big part. And I, I think the offense that LSU runs, you know, fit his strengths. Um, it, they, they try to have balance, but they got a little pass happy uh, at times. And, you know, that just catered to the strengths of Jaden Daniels and his improvements. And, you know, those first-round receivers we were talking about, Malik Neighbors and Brian Thomas Jr., you know, being able to throw to guys like that uh, all over the field and make defenses look silly just, I mean, it just played into the hands. You know, he's gotten bigger since he's been here. I mean, he was really slight build when he was here, and he's gotten bigger. Is, you know, is that just kind of a natural thing that he's gotten bigger as he's gotten older, or has there been a conscious effort of him to add some more weight? Uh, I, th- I think there's been a conscious effort, and I don't know that anyone would ever say he's big. And, you know, that's something we always hear when people talk about Jaden Daniels is he, he's small, he's skinny, he's not – you know, he's not like the Anthony Richardson, you know, who's got that big muscular build. He's a little bit leaner, taller. Uh, but the one thing I'll say is he can handle the hits. He's a tough kid. Uh, I said all along that going into the season, I was like, they got to find someone else that can run the ball because this kid is going to end up hurting himself and missing half the season. And mm-hmm. he kept running. And he kept taking hits, and he took some good hits, but he got back up every time. I mean, there was one hit all of last season I can remember that really shook him up, and that was that Dallas Turner hit uh, where he got hit in the head. And yeah, well, that was that was a cheap cut. shot, though. So that was a cheap shot. So he can't you can't hold that against him. I don't think. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, but like I said, you know, he was tough. He he didn't he missed the rest of that game, but he came back. Uh, the next week uh, and really bounce back from it. So that's one thing I'll say. He's real tough and bounce back. I'm not too worried about him getting injured in the NFL like a lot of people are because he's been taking hits from future NFL players all season long. Jefferson Powell of Tiger Details currently in the sports zone. So let's transform now into the NFL phase of things here. Put on your, uh, you know, either your scout or your general manager's hat for the NFL, for an NFL team. Uh, what what are Daniel's strengths for, in your opinion, moving forward into the NFL? Well, you know, I touched on it earlier. Uh, I think his decision making. Uh, you know, he's a smart, intelligent player. Uh, knows the game of football and has improved his decision making and drastically uh, over the last couple of years. Um, I, previously I was a little bit concerned about his arm strength, uh, you know, being his smaller stature, but last year I, I didn't see anything on film or watching him live that would indicate that that would be a problem. I mean, he threw the deep ball plenty of times and he threw it well with accuracy. So I think he's got all the tools to make it. Uh, the one thing biggest thing people worry about I think is his size and and taking those hits and can he hold up you know it's the same thing we heard about Bryce Young going into the year um yeah I mean that's kind of where I'm at I just I think that's the biggest thing people worry about but he's got the strength he's got the arm talent um and he's really developed into a true first round quarterback 
you know, the LSU defense last year wasn't good, obviously. I think it's accurate to say that it was bad. Uh, did that? How, how much pressure did that defense put on Daniels and the offense? Pardon if this is the most ignorant question you've ever heard. But how much pressure did that defense put on Daniels and the offense to basically have to try to score a touchdown in every possession? Well, Bob, saying they were bad is probably uh, being easy on them. Um, <laughs> they, they put a lot of pressure on them, and it's, you know, the LSU fans, the subscribers on my site, they they used to always say that the, the defense is wasting one of the best offensive years in college football history. You know, uh, I'm not going to say that this LSU offense was better than the 2019 LSU offense. You know, I'll let the fans debate that, but – this offense, they put up numbers, and they put up a lot of yards, touchdowns, points, and it did put pressure on them because the games they lost, it was because they just couldn't keep up. The defense was giving up too much, too too easy. Uh, the secondary was really bad all year long, and, I mean, it was at times hard for Daniels to keep up with the other offenses and it's it's crazy to say as good as it was because they could probably outscore anybody if they had you know a good defense but uh, they just didn't have that and it was hard for them to keep up okay so let's break down these two receivers that we're going to be hearing a lot uh, you know actually in the next you know 24 or 48 hours here when they're working out in in Indianapolis and so forth and uh, from now until the draft or through the draft and probably for several years after the draft even is over with. Uh, let's start with Malik Neighbors. What most impresses you about him and how is he uh, – is there any questions about him transferring his college uh, production and skills into the NFL? If there's any questions with him, I haven't heard it. Um, I, I love the kids' route running. Uh, I think he's a good route runner. He's got great hands. He's got quickness and elusiveness in space. Uh, I think, in my opinion, he's a good all-around receiver. And I personally think he got robbed of the Bolitnikov. I'll just put go on record saying that. Um, I'm not an LSU homer. I didn't go to LSU. I'm not even an LSU fan. I just cover the team. So before anybody thinks I'm an LSU homer, I just want to dispel that myth, but okay. I, I wrote an article leading up to the Blitnikoff with breaking down the analytics and like 17 other football facts. And I came to the conclusion that uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. probably shouldn't even finish second. And Ooh. I think, and this is not, I'm not saying that, Malik Neighbors is going to be a better NFL receiver than Marvin Harrison Jr. Anything like that. I'm basing this on 2023 and the numbers that both of them put up. And Malik Neighbors led in almost every single receiving category you can pull up. The only category that I looked at that Marvin Harrison led in was games with 50 yards or less, and that's not a category you want to lead in. So I, I think he's going to be a great NFL receiver. I think he should have won the Bolitnikoff, but, you know, that's 
I, a lot of people say they were giving Marvin Harrison the award based on what he did the year previous. I don't know if yes. that's true, but uh, well, okay, Jefferson, let me. I'll stop you there. I'm actually I'm I was born in Columbus, Ohio, a hundred years ago, mm-hmm. uh, and I've said many times during last season, and as recently as yesterday on this show, that uh, you know, Harrison had a much better sophomore season than he did his junior season, and yeah, you know, I didn't get into the Blitnikoff Award, but. I totally agree with you that he won that award two years ago and not based on last year. Right. All right. Brian Thomas Jr., break him down for me as far as a player and how his skills transfer from college to the NFL. Well, he's a a, a tall, physical, just athletic wide receiver. He's 6'4", 215, I think. Um He's a guy that can you can send him down the field. He can catch those 50-50 balls, uh, but he can also break away from defenders. Um, I, I think he's got potential to be kind of like a DK Metcalf type receiver, where you know he's the tall, strong, fast receiver. Um, he can he's got a good catch radius, and he's another guy that really made a massive jump from one year to the next. And a lot of that could play in hand with, you know, Jaden Daniels' growth and development as well. But, you know, last year, no one was talking about Brian Thomas Jr. leaving LSU a year early as a potential first-round draft pick. And now, you know, he's he decided to go pro. And every mock I've looked at has him in the first round. So it, I, I don't want to say a lock because I don't believe there's such a thing. But um, – I think he'll probably end up being picked in the first round, uh, and I think he's definitely got the the physical tools to to develop and and be an elite receiver in the NFL. Talking with Jefferson Powell of uh, Tiger Details. Okay, let's look ahead to 2024 LSU football here a little bit. Uh, What are your biggest questions, and what do you think are realistic expectations for 2024? Well, Obviously, the biggest questions are going to be on the defensive side of the ball because, you know, they they replaced almost that entire staff. Um, they've got new D-line coaches. Uh, Blake Baker is now the defensive coordinator. Corey Raymond came back. Uh, so that's – we're actually a week away from spring football, and that's one of the first things I'm going to look at is see how the defense is playing – uh, obviously going to be a question mark heading into the season just based on how they played last year. Um, but I, I'm expecting some improvement. You know, Blake Baker has a pretty good track record with turning around defenses. Uh, so I'm interested to see what he's going to be able to do with the playmakers that LSU has. Um, there's a little, there's a couple question marks on the interior defensive line. You know, they lost a lot of talent there. Uh, they've got a talented freshman coming in. Uh, but they're probably going to hit the transfer portal uh, to look to add some depth or maybe another quality starter there. Um, On the offensive side of the ball, uh, you you know, Jaden Daniels is gone. So I'm kind of interested to see how Garrett Nussmeyer slips into place with the new receivers that are replacing those first round draft picks. You know, Kyron Lacey's back. Can he take that, you know, leap forward and and develop as a player got a lot of young talented receivers athletic receivers fast i mean this team is built for speed 
So uh, I'm interested to see how the offense does uh, with Garrett Nussmeyer at the helm and Joe Sloan and Cortez Hankton leading the offense. Okay, I noticed that Brian Kelly uh, this week, I think it was, said that uh, Harold Perkins is going to move back to the inside linebacker position uh, where he played as a freshman. Why was Perkins moved before last year, and I assume moving him back is the better idea here? Yeah, you know, I don't know. I, I disputed this all last season. I think they should have kept him on the edge last year because his true freshman season – he was one of the best edge rushers in the SEC. I mean, he was like coming in 18 years old and he was a difference maker on the edge. Then they moved him to inside linebacker and the outside linebacker. He played a little bit of like a star linebacker nickel role. Um, I don't know. Blake Baker has a plan for him and I think they're trying to do what's best for Harold Perkins and his future, and they think that's more of a traditional linebacker role. Um, I mean, he's got all the talent in the world to put it together. Uh, it's just last year was a little bit of a learning curve, so, you know, it, it took him a little bit of time to get used to it, and the longer the season went on, the better he played. Uh, I just feel like he wasn't quite the difference maker that he could have been maybe on the edge, but, I mean, we'll see how it goes if, inside linebacker next year okay uh texas and oklahoma entering the sec uh what's lsu and the rest of the conference think about that uh, i mean I, I think everybody's excited it's going to be it's going to create a lot of you know high profile games you know we talked about the schedule uh and a lot of the subscribers on my side are, are excited about the schedule you know lsu has and I think adding Texas and Oklahoma, you know, it's it's going to help the SEC, uh, you know, expand their territory, um, and I think it'll actually help a lot of the the other SEC teams with recruiting as well because now you can sell these kids in Texas and Oklahoma, you know, the ability, you know, hey, we're going to have some games in your state, you'll be able to come back home, you know, if they're maybe a little apprehensive about leaving. You know, that's always a positive pitch you can give to those high-profile recruits, let them know, you know, they'll be able to play a game close to home at some point in their career. Okay, last up, i got to ask you this. Nick Saban, of course, retired. Uh, was there like a celebration in LSU or, you know, probably all <laughs> SEC fans that that happened? And, you know, it, how much was the – how big was the celebration? And what do you expect from Alabama, excuse me, moving forward? Well, as far as what I expect, replacing a guy like Nick Saban, I mean, that's those are big shoes to fill, right? So, uh, Kellen DeBoer did a good job at Washington. I mean, I was impressed with what he did there. I'm not going to say that he can't kind of keep things going. Obviously, the cupboard is full. He's got plenty of tools at his disposal to keep things going. Um uh, I mean, we'll, I'm interested to see how that goes. In regards to the celebration, uh, yeah, LSU fans were definitely celebrating and happy, and uh, I think they're glad to see Nick uh, ease into retirement, and uh, they'll be looking forward to seeing him in an analyst role or whatever the future holds for him going forward. You think he'll be good at that? 
Uh, yeah, I think he'll be good. Uh, he's he's got one of those uh, personalities where he can quip some sarcasm and and joke here yeah. and there. Uh, I mean, you've seen it in his commercials and stuff. So I think he'll be good at it. Um, as far as football knowledge goes, I mean, there's probably not a whole lot of people with more football knowledge than him that in that role. Um, so I, I think he'll definitely be able to to add some insight and value there. Hopefully you'll use the term rat poison at some point. So that would be perfect. So there you go. All right. All right, Jefferson. Uh, tell people how to get a hold of your stuff. Uh, yeah, you can find us on social uh, pretty much everywhere. We're at LSU Rivals uh, on all the social platforms. Uh, my personal Twitter is at Jefferson Powell. And uh, you can check out our stories. It's uh, deathvalleyinsider.com. Uh, feel free to stop by, check out the stuff. We've got a lot of stuff going on now. Rivals just updated their rankings weeks. So there's a lot of recruiting stuff out right now. Uh, and then, you know, we got spring practice coming next week. So we'll have a lot of, a lot of football coverage talking about spring practice and, uh, expectations and all that. Good stuff. Appreciate the time. Thanks. I right, appreciate it, Bob. Thanks for having me. Our pleasure, Jefferson Powell from Tiger Details, and I uh, gave you all the information there if you want to check that out.